You're listening to Therapy for Your Money, a podcast about all things money and finance for therapy practice owners. If you want to feel confident and in control of your financial life, then you've come to the right spot. I'm your host, Julie Harris. I'm an accountant and the owner of Green Oak Accounting. My firm specializes in working with private practices across the US, and my team and I have worked with hundreds of private practice owners. I'm on a mission to share all the best practices I've learned along the way, because I want you to have a profitable private practice. Hey everyone, welcome back to Therapy for Your Money. So today we are talking about getting your books ready for the end of the year. I know it might not be the most exciting topic, but it's it's something that you do have to do at the end of each year. And so I want you to go into it completely prepared. If you have been ignoring your QuickBooks account for a couple of months, it's time to dust that off and get it up to date. So you want to make sure that all the transactions for the year are captured and that your books are reconciled. So if you're listening to this in December, you can get it reconciled through the end of November. And if it's after the end of the year, go ahead and get it ready all the way through December 31st. I highly recommend if you have payroll that you do a year on payroll review for all the transactions that have come through. You want to make sure that things are in order and that if there's any corrections to be made, you make them before the end of the year. It's sometimes possible to make corrections after the end of the year, but it's infinitely easier when you do them before December 31st. Gusto is our preferred payroll provider. If you use them, you typically have only a couple of days after the end of the year to make changes, and they're actually a lot more generous than other payroll companies. So one of the things that we do for our clients is review the quarterly payroll reports against the books. So we want those numbers ideally to match exactly. Sometimes when we see DIY books, that's not always the case, uh, but when we do it for our clients, those numbers should line up perfectly. This is going to make your life and your tax preparer's life so much easier, and it's also going to help you catch mistakes if there are any. For this year in particular, as we close 2021, there have been just a lot of little adjustments this year, such as um, FFCRA pay, which was Families First Coronavirus Relief Act. So if you paid anyone for some sick time because they had COVID or were caring for someone who had COVID, you were able to pay them their either their regular pay or a lower amount, depending on whether or not they were doing uh, caring for themselves or caring for someone else. And you were able to get a credit for that. And so reconciling all of those different pieces, sometimes that looked a little bit funky on the payroll reports because it's something that was fairly new for 2020. Uh, So you wanna make sure that you've got that lined up. And then there was also the ERC, which was the employee retention credit. Again, if you were working with Gusto, those were really easy to, to do through Gusto if you were eligible but it can sometimes make those reports look a little bit weird. So just getting all those things lined up is going to serve you really well. Then you want to get ready to issue 1099s. As a reminder, those are due by January 31st and you must issue a 1099 to any service vendor that you've paid more than $600 through the year. So that $600 mark, it, you can get there really, really quickly. So if you've paid a service vendor more than $600, you're going to issue them a 1099 NEC, which stands for non-employee compensation. So you're going to issue that if they were a sole proprietor, a single member LLC, or a partnership. So if your vendor is a C corp or an S corporation, they are exempt, but the reality is you're not going to know that unless you've requested a W-9 from your vendor. 
My preference is always, always to request that W-9 before you make the first payment to the vendor. But the reality is this time of year, we're usually catching up and reaching out to various vendors to make sure we get a W-9 before the end of the year. And we aren't going to know what their legal entity are sometimes unless their name already has ink within the name, right? In that case, we can we can exclude them. We know they're a corporation, but otherwise there's a lot of cases where, where you may not know if someone has an LLC tax as an S-corp unless you get that W-9. One of the workarounds for the 1099s is if you're paying someone with a credit card or with PayPal, you won't need to issue them a 1099 because the credit card company or PayPal is going to issue them a 1099K. But if you've written someone a check, paid them by ACH or by bank transfer, then you do owe them a 1099. Attorneys also get a 1099 no matter what their legal entity is. If you paid if you paid an attorney, you've got to send them a 1099. It doesn't matter. One of the vendors that often gets forgotten is your landlord. So in the case of a landlord, you're not going to send them a 1099 NEC. You're just going to send them a plain old 1099 miscellaneous MISC. And so if you've paid your landlord for rent, you want to get a W-9 for them and send them a 1099 as well. One of the mistakes that we sometimes see with do-it-yourself books is that vendor names aren't always used in QuickBooks Online or any other uh, software, accounting software that you're using. So when you add vendor names from, from the very beginning and you use the little track for 1099 box in each vendor's profile, QuickBooks Online has a really great tool that is going to help you see who you need to issue a 1099 to. So it's going to automatically look for people you have paid by credit card and exclude those. And it will exclude anyone who's under the threshold as well. So use vendor names because the thing is, if you're not using those vendor names, then the 1099 tool isn't going to uh, show you those vendors and you may issue no 1099 when one was due or you may issue an incorrect one. As we get close to the end of the year, you also wanna make sure that you're issuing W-2s to your team if you have one. Depending on the payroll service that you're using, there may be some action required on your part. Sometimes you're going to need to go in and just hit the send button on your Q4 reports, your year-end reports, and your W-2s as well. So you as the employer are always responsible for making sure that your employees get a copy of their W-2s by January 31st. That's even if you're using a payroll service. So if you're using Gusto, uh, which again is my preferred payroll provider, they're going to send an email to all of your employees automatically and your employees are going to have access to their W-2 when they log into their employee portal and go to the documents section. So if you had anyone who left your team during the year, hopefully you already put in their personal email address in Gusto, and then they're going to still be able to get their W-2. If you did not enter their information in Gusto, you may want to print and mail the W-2 just to make sure that they get it. Now, every payroll company is a little bit different. Some payroll companies are going to print and mail those W-2s. You're typically going to get some emails early in January, sometimes late in December, that are going to tell you exactly what the process is for your company. So you do wanna keep an eye out for those emails and make sure that you are uh, taking action if any action is required on your part. All right, once the year is over, once we're in January, you wanna gather your December statements, you want to gather all of your payroll forms, receipts for any assets that you've purchased, you wanna gather copies of any notices that you've received from the IRS or from the state throughout the year, and you want to 
gather all of the documents that you're going to start receiving in late January or early February. Some of those items are going to be 1099Ks from your payment processors. You're going to possibly receive a W-2 for you or your spouse, any investment statements, mortgage statements, everything that you're going to get, put it together and then scan it in for your tax preparer and then you're good to go. Then the ball is in your tax preparer's court and you can sit back and relax and wait for them to prep taxes for you. So if you haven't started getting things together yet, there's no time like the present to just get the ball rolling. You can do this, tackle your numbers, and see how the year is ending up. As we also come to the end of the year, I really hope that you're taking a little bit of time for yourself and thinking about what you'd like to accomplish in your business in 2022. I want to give you a couple friendly due date reminders. January 15th is when your Q4 quarterly estimated tax payments are going to be due at the federal and state levels. So get those payments in on time. Then depending on your legal entity, if you have an S-Corp or a partnership, those tax returns are due March 15th. And then for Schedule C, for C-Corps, and for your personal tax return, those are due on April 15th. And that's assuming that we don't have any changes this year. We did have changes for the last two years, but unless there are any extensions, those are the due dates for 2022. All right, I wish you the very best and I hope you have a wonderful year end of 2021 and a happy, strong beginning to 2022. Take care, everyone. If you're looking for accounting help, head over to therapyforyourmoney.com accounting to find information about my accounting firm and all of our specialized services just for private practice owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes, click on ratings and reviews, and give us a quick shout out. We really appreciate it. The information contained in this podcast represents the host and guest's general opinions and should not be construed as personalized accounting and tax advice. Listeners should consider all facts and circumstances before applying this information and seek appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. Any info provided does not constitute accounting, tax, or legal advice.